Storehouse Dallas. All right, so let's get on it. All right, so today's message is the third installment on prospering in his kingdom, prospering in the kingdom of heaven. If you have something to take notes with, I encourage you to do it. This is a really important uh, series that we're doing because it's not just about uh, principles. It is about principles. We're going to lay out some principles for you, but it's actually going to be a very uh, uh, practical step-by-step, this is how the kingdom works, This is how you operate in the kingdom. You can see over our doors, we're going to teach you how to access the kingdom of heaven so that you can transform the earth. A lot of people receive prophetic words and they hear the voice of the Lord, but they don't actually know how to bring that down and to utilize that in order to advance and multiply the things in their lives. You know, we're called to be fruitful. And I don't know about you, I'm kind of competitive, but I'm like, hey, you know, I'm looking for that hundredfold fruitfulness. I'm not going to settle for the 30 fold. I'm going all the way. You know, I didn't come this far to come this far, right? All right. And so my goal for you is that you go in and you begin to conquer the land that the Lord has given you. Um, And so uh, the subset uh, or subtitle of today is the substance of faith. Faith is the currency to get what is in heaven down to the earth. Faith is the currency of what you're going to need And the beauty of faith is that faith is actually a choice. It's actually not natural for us to have faith. It's not a natural thing. It's not, it has nothing to do with how you feel. It has nothing to do about emotions. Faith is actually a choice. You choose, you have to choose to believe. You can't sit back in the kingdom of heaven. You can't sit back and just wait for God like a conveyor belt to bring stuff to you. Sorry, that's not the way it works. So in Luke 18:8, he Jesus says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? When the son of man comes back, what is he going to be looking for? He's going to be looking for champions of faith. He's going to be looking for his sons and his daughters. He's going to be looking for a pure and spotless bride that knows how to access, who knows how to stand in that place and believe and bring those things down to the earth and to partner with heaven, right? So you're in a season of practicing. We get to practice these things before he shows up. And beloved, I'm telling you, time is speeding up and he is returning sooner than we think. So in other words, will Jesus find someone who can partner and agree with him in the times of great sorrow and trouble? Um, To review, uh, over the last couple of weeks, we explained that Jesus, of course, when he came, what did he say? He said, listen, I'm about to introduce a new concept to the entire human race. So you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to change your mind because the way that you think is not going to allow, it doesn't allow, uh, uh, it's not fertile soil for the kingdom of heaven. So you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to change your mind. And and, And to repent actually means to go back to your former condition like it was in the garden where he was operating in the kingdom with the king. He was flowing. He was partnering. He was, he was sitting there. He was having these conversations with him. And they were partnering together to transform the earth to look like a garden, right? And, and so he's, he's saying, okay, so, so in order for you to access this, you're actually going to have to change the way that you think because the system of the earth has nothing to do, 
nothing to do. Not like, oh, well, it does, it looks like it a little. No, it doesn't look anything like it. The kingdom of this earth, the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of this age, and the system that it is built in has nothing to do with the system of the kingdom. And the beauty of the system of the kingdom is that everything, say everything, that you need and you want and you desire is within that kingdom. So don't you think that it would, it would benefit us to begin to learn about this system and how to operate in this system? So that we can be profitable. So that our lives can be profitable. So God displayed the two kingdoms in the garden through the symbols of the two trees. He, uh, he, he, the kingdom of this earth is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of this fruit, you're going to produce this fruit. If you eat of this tree, you're going to produce that fruit. And that fruit is what? It's toil in your work. It's stress. It's worry. It's sickness, it's sin, it's relational conflict. That is what, that, that is what the spirit of this age will provide for us. And the system of this earth is going to provide those things for us. And so you can look at your life and you can measure it and you can say, okay, what tree am I actually eating? Am I, am I waking up in the middle of the night? Am I, am I, am I worried about finances? Do I have relational conflict? Are there things going on in my life that are not measuring up with righteousness? And then you've got the kingdom of heaven, which of course was the tree of life. And if you eat of this tree, you're going to produce the fruit of life, peace, rest in work. How many of you have ever accessed working in rest? Raise your hand. Okay, that's awesome. Wow, a lot of you. I love that. Okay. Here, come here, you can teach this. Okay, um, so you're going to rest and work, righteousness and joy. And so you can tell if you are eating what tree you're eating of. If you're eating of the tree of life, you're actually going to be producing this kind of fruit. And, and, and I like to call it kind of the drama-free life. You know, there may be a lot of stuff going on around you, but man, it ain't upsetting the apple cart. You got that internal love. You got that internal thing going on. You got that internal peace and you may have a lot of chaos going on, but nothing is taking you off of the center. I am centered in Christ. I am centered in peace. I am centered in love. All right. So, um, if Jesus told us to seek that kingdom, again, we're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to decide, is this what I'm going to do? Am I going to seek this kingdom or am I just going to beg God to help me in my life? Am I actually going to decide that this, I've set my, my life, my, my energy, my time, my meditation on learning about the kingdom because he came and he said, Hey, look, you know, I came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. I'm telling you the good news about the kingdom, not the good news about salvation. Salvation is your ticket into the kingdom. And he's saying, listen, you've got to learn my way. And he came and he taught it. He displayed it. He showed it. And he told us over and over again, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, bam, let me show you the kingdom of heaven. Watch this. The sick are healed. The dead are raised. The, the money is multiplied. The food is multiplied. You know, the demons are cast out. This is the kingdom of heaven. So there are three areas, the casting out of demons, the healing of the sick, and provision. 
So one of the things as a church that we, as I told you in the first part of the series, that we've kind of gotten a handle on, especially in the charismatics, you know, we're all like, hey, I've got a prophetic word for you. Whoa, that's so churchy. That's so holy. That's so, it falls into a category. We put it into a category of this is what the church does, okay? So I'm operating in my gifts. I'm operating in the prophetic. I'm even healing the sick casting out demons. So I'm doing the stuff, right? But when it comes to work and it comes to provision, we've set that aside because that actually is not, it's not, no, that's separate. That's, this other stuff is holy. This other stuff is, is part of who we are in the kingdom. But this over here, the work and the wealth and everything, no, 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 that's separate. I got this. But the Lord actually talked a lot about money, and he talked a lot about the kingdom when it comes to money. And I I hate to say this, but actually the church is some of the poorest people that I know. And, And the ones that are in the greatest amount of debt. With the most amount of worry attached to it. I know. So we're happy when God heals and frees us from demonic oppression and all the miracles in our minds are in the category of church life. But we're leaving behind the most important aspect of of church life. And it's the most important aspect. And here's why. Because when he said today, today you will enter my rest. Today it is available for you. Today he's talking primarily about work. He's talking primarily about switching from a life of toil and heavy burden and being sorrowful and being heavy laden in the area of our work to coming over into a place of rest. Because isn't it true, all of us work so that we can stop, right? What do you, what do you, what do you work? And most of us work and we don't even do what we enjoy. We just do it because we have to make money so that we can stop working. Because there's this thing at the end of our life, and it's got like this glowing, like, euphoric, it's called retirement. Oh, if I could just get to that, then I can rest, right? I mean, we just developed a whole culture around, I'm going to work like a dog. I'm going to worry. I'm going to be stressed. I'm going to be anxious. And th- but, but, but when I'm 70... Then we'll take a vacation. Well, I got news for you. Nobody looks good in a bathing suit at 70. (laughs) It's time to take the vacation now. Am I right? I'm like, I want to go to Italy, but uh, uh, not when I'm 70. So a lot of times, and I noticed this last week, uh, Matthew was doing such a good job of preaching on um, entering into God's rest and the seventh day and the, and the year of Jubilee, and Jesus is our Jubilee year and the double portion, and he did such a great job. And I encourage you to go back and listen to the last couple of Sundays. It was the last couple of Sundays, right? Okay. Um, because I noticed when he was talking about this, and he was talking about entering into the rest of the Lord, about, about uh, it being uh, light and easy. Man, there was something, I don't know if y'all felt it, but I felt some offense in the room. And I mean, I was like, whoa, I'm feeling that in the spirit. So I want to just deal with that real quick. Is that okay? 
because I may be calling you out on this. The kingdom of heaven, it challenges and offends us. Um, and there's two camps of offenses, and it really addresses identity. So you're offended about prospering in the kingdom because you don't believe that Christians should be wealthy or that we should focus on being wealthy or we should focus on accessing the kingdom unto wealth. Because we all have this mindset that no, believers should be poor. What? No, Jesus said, blessed are the poor because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You know, this is good news. The good news of the kingdom belongs to those who are poor. You tell a poor person that you can access heaven and bring wealth down from heavenly places from the invisible realm. Let me tell you what, this is really good news. This is really, this is like you've made their day. They will follow that God because that God puts bread on their table. Now, you can get healed. You can say, oh, be healed. And I tell you what, out of all the people that Jesus healed, what? One would come back out of 10 and say, thank you. But you, you, you multiply their food, and all of a sudden, you got a posse following you. They're like, what? Wait, wait, money, money. I'm telling you, this, I believe this is something that the Lord, the revelation of this, and the Lord is adding this to the last days because I believe that this is the wealth of the wicked being poured out into the hands of the righteous. And he's like, are you ready to access this stuff so that you can get about the business of doing my kingdom and pouring out the wealth into my missionaries and sponsoring the end time harvest? So Jesus never said that money was evil, but the love of money is evil. Money enables us to be the lender and not the borrower. Money enables us to be the builder and not the slave. So possibly you're offended by this message because you have so identified with your loss and your years of, of not winning and losing that you've begun to identify with being a victim and a slave and an underdog. And that's become your identity. So when somebody tells you that it's easy and it's light and there's another way, you're like, no, my history tells me something else. And I'm offended at that because I've I'm so become a victim and not a victor. The second reason to be offended is that it's easy, especially if your identity is tied to toiling and working by the sweat of your brow. If you've so identified, if you've come from a life and, a gener and generations of, if it's going to be, it's up to me, and you've so identified with it and you've become part of, of you're working and getting results. You're working and getting results and it's costing you something. For somebody to say, look, hey man, I got news for you, good news. It's actually easy to access heavenly places and bring resources down into the earth. And you're like, I am so offended by that because I've, I've so invested my whole life in toiling and sweating. And this is who I am. What are you telling me? Are you telling me that all of my work and all of this stuff? No, I'm not telling you that, it's, that, that, that uh, you can lay back in a lazy boy. I'm telling you that there is actually a way to participate in a system that was developed by God for, it says, for your glory. For his glory, but also for yours. And so a lot of times as this uh, toiling and really taking credit, you want credit for it. You're like, you know, I, you know this, if I've got to share the glory, I'm not sure I want it. Mm, sorry if that hurts, if that's any of you. But just there it is. 
So when God created everything, Matthew did a great job on the seventh day. He's like, bam, it's done. Now, did God rest because he was tired? He rested because it was finished. And so he developed the system in the first six days. He said, all right, so here I'm going to put together a system. I'm going to put it on autopilot. Watch. Every season comes up. The sun comes up in the morning, and it goes down in the afternoon. The moon comes up at night, and it goes down in the morning. And so he created a system, for, and, and it always works. And it has, it has four seasons, and it never fails. And it continues to work year after year after year after year for all of creation, and everything benefits from this system. Within this system is, is a way that we can actually plug stuff in because there's actually words in this system. And it's just like a computer program, guys. There is a word in there for you, for your life. You got to pull it out and you got to go, oh, okay. Hey, like a developer, there's something I can do with this word. I'm actually going to take this word. I'm going to utilize this word. I'm going to bring it down to the earth and I'm going to make this word work for me. (laughs) Am I going too fast? So Jesus, when he died on the cross, before he died, he said what? It is finished. So like good old dad, he said, listen, dad was done. Now I'm done. I have now reconciled everything back to dad, back to its original form, back to the system of the kingdom. So now I've opened the door. I've opened the door. See, here's here's the thing about Christians. We love the Red Sea, but we hate the Jordan River. We love to be rescued and saved out of all of our issues. But the minute that God says, I want you to go in and conquer, we're like, no, 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 no. I love the Red Sea. I, I, I need you to save me. I need you to save me, God. I need you to let me just beg some more because I'm a slave, because I'm an orphan. And he's like, no, no. Look at everything that I've done for you. I'm maturing you, body of Christ. I'm maturing you. I'm maturing you. Now go in and get what I paid for you to have. Because he's like, I did everything. You keep asking me for stuff that I've already made available to you. You just got to go in and get it. We have to grow up because he is no longer going to nurse us on milk. There's a people in the earth that will mature to a point that they will say, I know how to get it and I will stand on it and I will bring it to earth and I will stand on it until I see it fulfilled. And all of hell is going to shake because there's someone that has been found to agree and partner with heaven to stop storms to bring finances down, to heal the sick, raise the dead, walk on water. And we have to decide, is that going to be us? Because I don't know about you, man, but I didn't get into this to do a bunch of religious church activities. That is so boring. So it's the kingdom of heaven is like a refrigerator. So he's like, so, so when you're a toddler... Right? When you're a toddler, you can't open the refrigerator door and you're like, I want something to drink, you know? And you're like, okay. So as mom, you go in and you're like, okay, here you go. But I don't do that for an adult. He's like, I want something to drink. Go to the refrigerator. It's in there. Open it yourself. You're a grown man. 
right? My son doesn't have any problem going into my refrigerator like 24-7. Like <laughs> we have a full budget item just for teen food. <laughs> oh, Samuel eats cheese and sugar pretty much. That's all. <laughs> Pizza and ice cream, guys. Anyway, um, so you get it. So many of you are like, God is not answering my prayers. Well, maybe it's because he's moved you past the Red Sea. And he's decided that you've been, you, your belly is full of milk. And it's time to grow up. And he's, he's, you're at that moment of the Jordan. And he keeps saying, go in. And you go, but I really want you to just give this to me. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I did give it to you. I, it's yours. You just have to go in and take it. And so um, I, I think it's time for us to learn the kingdom and how to prosper in this. And um, so Hebrews said this, today there remains this rest for us. Um, so Jesus came uh, to destroy the curse of the garden, the toil and work. Um, rest is fully hearing and seeing what heaven is saying um, and, and doing and bringing it down through faith. Trusting God to fulfill his word. We partner with him when we stand in agreement with what he is saying and doing. Um, let me give you a testimony. So this past weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend before, it was Samuel's uh, graduation. And so all of our kids came in and it was a good time. You know, for most of you know, we have seven kids. So when we all get together, there's 11 grandkids, seven kids, seven, seven, what is it? Seven husbands for seven wives. And so just a, it's just a lot of activity, which we love. Seven brides for seven brothers. Okay, yeah, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. I don't know. <laughs> I know, I, but it was still in Oklahoma, right? Okay, yeah, okay. The only two things I remember about Oklahoma, except for John came from Oklahoma, so I love Oklahoma. Um, so our whole family is in town, and so Thursday and Friday, so we have activities. We have an itinerary. My kids make me do that. <laughs> And um, so I'd planned to take them all out to the ranch, which is about an hour and a half away in Mineola. Um, and, and so on Friday, I get a panicked call from one of my daughters. Um, and she said, you know, have you looked at the weather? Um, the weather, it's, supposed, it's like 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms on, on Saturday. And I was like, uh, she said, I think we need to cancel and come up with different plans. And I said, no, 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 it'll be okay. I'll pray and it won't rain. And so she's just like, she, like, she just goes right through what I said. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking maybe the Arboretum. And I said, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'm going to pray and it's not going to rain. And she said, well, what do you think? Ask Maddie and uh, the other kids and see what they think. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, obviously <laughs> there's that familiar spirit going on here. Come on, girl. You don't realize who your mama is. So anyway, I said, okay, I'll just let that pass. So, um, so the next day comes, and um, so it's, it's Saturday morning. Well, you know, we're supposed to, this big old weather system's supposed to be moving in. Ooh, we're all so scared, 80%. Maybe there's going to be twisters and tornadoes and all of that kind of stuff. And so, of course, um, the, 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 uh, my daughter calls me again, and she's like, you know, I just really, I mean, there's just flat-out panic in her voice. We just can't even come. We can't even come to the ranch because, you know, it's going to be raining. It's going to be thundering. And, and so we can't even come to the ranch. And I'm like, girl, don't worry about it. I prayed. 
It's not going to rain. No, again, just goes right past that, you know, again, just in a flat out panic. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you stay home. We'll have fun. It's okay. So another one of my daughters calls me up and she says, hey, so, you know, that other daughter called me and I'm not mentioning any names, by the way. I hope you notice that. And, you know, she was saying that it's really bad weather and they're not going to come. And so maybe we should make other arrangements. And I said, no, I prayed. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I prayed. And so this daughter was like, oh, okay, mom prayed. Okay, it's going to be good. So everybody, come on, we're getting on with the plan. So my other daughter, okay, this is really crazy how many kids I have. So we're sitting at the table and we're sitting there with about three of my grandkids who are about oh, eight and under. So, you know, they're old enough to, you know, be able to feed themselves and they semi think, you know, and can come to come, you know, <clears throat> my children's pastors are out there like, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Okay. That's, you know what I mean. So anyway, I'm at the table. And so my other daughter is sitting there. She's talking to me and she said, you know, that daughter called me. And so here's the thing. I just think that we should cancel our plans because I don't want to get out there and it's raining and storming and have to spend the whole time indoors. And I said, don't worry about it. I prayed. It's not going to rain. And, and, and she said, but, and she keeps talking, you know, plan B, plan B, plan B. And I said, no, 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 no. And I stopped her and I said, by her name, it is not going to rain because I prayed. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And so her response to me was, mom, don't say this around my children because now I'm going to have to explain to them why God didn't answer your prayers and why God doesn't answer prayers when it starts to rain. So my response to her was a good old-fashioned teaching moment. <laughs> I just looked at her and I said, God said, if I believe when I pray, it will be done for me. God said, if I am fully convinced, then it will be done for me. God said, whatever I desire will be done for me. And she's like, so we're going. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, you are going to see answered prayer for the glory of God today. So I get in my car, and John and I ran a couple of errands in um, Dallas, and it starts to sprinkle. And I go, no. And the sprinkling stops. So we get a little bit further. We run our errand. We're on our way back to our house to pick up all the kids to go to the ranch. It starts to sprinkle. And I'm like, no, you cannot sprinkle. Stop sprinkling. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, you know what? This is for your glory. And here's what I did. I asked the Lord before I ever said any of this. I said, can I move this storm? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, thank you, because I really want to have a good time with my family out at the ranch. So we get out at the ranch, and the weather is perfect. It is absolutely beautiful. Now, all around us, again, you guys have heard this from my time in Costa Rica, all around us, there are thunderstorms and there are thunder clouds. There's not one drop at the ranch. Now, it gets to be about five o'clock. Again, one of my daughters calls me, the one that's not there. And she said, there's tornado warnings, there's tornado warnings. And I'm like, please, would you quit calling me? <laughs> And I said, 
there's a tornado is not going to come. It is not going to come in Jesus' name. So I walked out in the middle of this whole, you know, thing that, and I said, in Jesus' name, nor t- no t- uh, tornadoes. You know, you don't have to get all worked up or whatever. So anyway, so we go back to our business and the kids start getting kind of tired and everything. And we caught our fish and we rode motorcycles and, or not motorcycles. We, well, I don't know what that thing is. We rode four wheelers. Sam shot a pig, and we carried it around in the back of the RTV, and I was like, do we have to take the dead pig fishing? Why is this my family? I don't know. We're such rednecks. And and I'm like fishing going, what is that smell? Oh, it's the dead pig. So anyway, uh, 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 so I said this. I stepped out on the back porch, and I said, okay, guys, it's time to go. And when I did, you could tell, you could feel the change in the weather. You could feel the drop in the, in the pressure, and it got real cold all of a sudden. And as we went off the property and got off the property, it started to sprinkle. It started to rain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. It was for the glory of God that when you pray, if you believe when you pray, it will be yours. Let me tell you what this says. Um, And let me ask you a question. Did I beg God? Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please don't let it rain. Oh, God, please don't let it rain. And he's like, okay, open the refrigerator door and get what I paid for you to have, which is authority over everything. Amen? All right. Uh, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, what you desire, uh, not just what you need. Now, I had a desire to spend time with my kids and with my family. And I had a moment. I got to tell you, man, I had a moment. There was an Uno deck sitting right there as I was walking out of the house. And you know, man, if it's raining and you got eight kids inside under eight years old, you better have an activity plan. So the thought occurred to me to grab that Uno deck just in case. And remember what I told you, there's no plan B in faith. There's one plan. And there are these moments where you're like, all of these people are saying something different to me. And they're all saying, no, God's not going to answer your prayer. No, God's not going to answer your prayer. You are, you are being foolish for believing this. So the accusations are just swirling, guys. But there's this moment where you go, I believe you. I am standing on your word. I am standing on your word for your glory, God, for your glory, God. And I will not be moved off of this word. I will be found faithful in this hour. I will stand on your word because you said yes. Therefore, it is done from the moment that you spoke. And when you come back and you search the earth, we want to be found standing, saying, God said, and I won't be moved off of this. I don't care how stupid it looks. I don't care how foolish I look. Because God has already spoken. Where are the champions that stand on God's word when everything else blows against us? Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you will receive and you will have them. 
So we are like scientists when we look at the word of God, and we have to discover this kingdom. We have to be like scientists, and we have to say, I need to see how this works. I want to measure it because I know if I, if I measure it, if I test it, I know that there's going to be an outcome. And so I'm going to start putting it to test. I'm going to start actually apprehending it and, 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 and working it. And if I work it, then I'll get better at it, and those muscles will be better. This isn't the first time I stopped a storm. This isn't the first time, you know, when that big storm was coming over Dallas. You know, and I know I'm talking about money, but I'm telling you, you practice on the storms, uh, the money becomes easy. You know, that big storm system that was coming in, I was like, no, 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 you're not coming into my city. This is your city. This is my city. You're not bringing that nonsense into my city. And so you take a stand and you say, God, can I move this storm? And if he says yes, you go, you got to go around us. You got to go around us. And if you look at the map of the storm, you can see how the whole storm front was coming into a line. And then all of a sudden around Dallas, it split like a Y and went around us and came back together after it encircled Dallas. That's right. We're going to ruin my garden I just planted. Thank you very much. <laughs> so promises are granted through faith. Let me see if I can get all the way through this. All right, uh, here's what I'm going to do. Turn in your Bibles to uh, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. All right, so Jesus, when he's multiplying food, he does something very interesting here, okay? There's several principles in these three things that he does. Hey, there's money. Praise the Lord. <laughs> See, it's already happening. <laughs> All right, so here we are. Uh, John chapter 6, let's start in verse 5. So, so Jesus is feeding the 5,000. So, so, okay, let me, let me just give you a picture. All right, today, the Lord says to you, I want you to feed 5,000 people today. He commands you, I want you to feed 5,000 people today. What goes through your mind? How much money do I have in my account? Uh, well, let's see. You start calculating, don't you? You start putting the math to it, and you start saying, oh, man, I don't know, man. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of burgers, hot dogs. How about some ramen noodles? <laughs> you start to go way down the food chain, right? You know, whatever costs the least. Okay, so... Um, Jesus says in verse 5, then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. And he said to Philip, Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So he's like, hey, Philip, let's see how much you've learned so far. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm actually just testing you. And he asked the question, where shall we buy bread? that these may eat. Isn't that interesting? He's tricking him. He's asking you the same question. He's asking you the question, do you understand my kingdom? Where are you going to get the things that you need? Where? Where are they going to come from? <clears throat> Philip answered him, 200 denarii, where the bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. What? He, so, so he did the math. He did the math, and he's thinking to himself in terms of the earth system. 
Because listen, if I have to feed 5,000, okay, this is how much money it's going to cost me. And that would just give him just a little. So he's, he's calculating it based on the earth system. Okay. So, so then Jesus, okay, then he multiplies. He says, okay, what do we have? We have the five and the two. Um, we have the loaf and the fish. And so then he multiplies it. He thanks it. He transfers it because he says, thank you, God. And he blesses it. So he, he legally transfers it from the kingdom of this earth into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, everything there can begin to multiply. And so it begins to multiply and he feeds everybody. Okay, we know the story. Well, then he quickly, uh, the, the, the disciples all get in a boat and they begin to cross the sea, which lo and behold, as they're struggling to cross the sea, it's very difficult and the waves kick up. So the wind starts to blow, the waves kick up, and it's very hard for them to achieve their goal because trouble has come. How many of you have ever been in a season where the waves begin to kick up and all of a sudden it feels like something that should have been easy is now really hard? So what happens um, is Jesus, <laughs> he was still on the shore and he comes walking on the waves. Now he's not walking like on a swimming pool, like, oh, hey, I'm walking on calm water. He's literally walking on the waves. Think about that. I mean, that's like surfing. That's like the ultimate surfer, you know? I don't need a board Hey, how's that go? Hey. So he's he's walking on these waves, and 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 uh, the, the disciples are like, ah, it's a ghost. No, wait, it's me, Jesus. Chill out. And and Peter's like, hey, Jesus, I want to do that. I love Peter. So he said, come on, come on, come on. Peter gets out. What does he do? Man, he starts walking on those waves too, and he's like, this is awesome wait a minute, what is happening? I, 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 I'm scared. Bam, falls into the water. And so Jesus, why is he walking on water? Do you think he's just walking on water because he's like, hey, watch this cool trick? I mean, that would be me. But that's what I said. He's trying to make a point. He's trying to make a point. And he's like, the kingdom of heaven is above even the matter in the earth. I, 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 I am above this. And, and the word says in, in John 1 that Jesus was the word that was in the beginning. He was the word that was made flesh. He was in the beginning. So, and and, and, and in, in Revelation chapter 19, it says that when he returns, his name will be the word of God. So the word is walking over the waves, over the, the trouble of life. And he's like, Look at this. And, and he said, I invite you to partner with me in this, but you're going to have to have faith because when Peter fell into the water, he said, you have little faith. You don't believe me. You don't believe the word. You're not focused on the word, but you actually began to look at what everybody else was saying and doing and looking at your natural circumstances, which you believed have more power over the word of God. Therefore, you fell and weren't able to stand and truly do the miracle. <clears throat> so they get to the shore, and he says this in verse... 22, on the following day when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except one in which the disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but the disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats 
came from Tiberias near the place where they had ate bread after the Lord had given them thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor the disciples, they got into their boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when, now listen to what they said, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for food which perishes, but labor for that that endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because the God the Father has sent, set his seal on him. Do not labor for the things of the earth, but labor for the things of heaven, the manna from heaven, so that you can have eternal life. Everything you get out of heaven, you get to take into heaven with you. Everything you get out of heaven that you appropriate in the earth, you actually get to keep that on the other side. Now, all of this other nonsense that you go around toiling and working and struggling and power, worry, blah, 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 that doesn't get to go in with you. Because most of the time, it's not even the thing that the God commanded you to do. <clears throat> How are we doing on time? One minute and 24 seconds. Woo! All right. Verse 28. Then they said to him, his disciples, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? So he's asking him the same question you're asking him. Okay, what do I do that I can work the works of God? What is it that I can do? And what does he say? Just believe. Wait, what? Just believe in the one whom he has sent. Believe in the word. Believe in the living word. Believe in the living word. Now, I love this book. I love this book with all my heart. This book is beautiful, and it, it displays God's beauty and nature and glory. And, and we, we fall in love. I love this book. I love every word in this book. But this book does not contain Jesus. It does not contain Jesus. Jesus is still speaking. He's still writing your story. He's still writing my story. And so we have to get into that place so we can hear our story from him, and then we can follow him along the way. So we're still asking the wrong questions. We're still asking to be saved. We're still asking. We're still begging, God, help me. Help me out of this situation. Help me out of, God, give me X, Y, and Z. God, give me. Give me this, give me this, give me this. If you give me this, if I, I need this, I need this. And he's like, no, you already have that. What you need to do is start asking the right question instead of asking me for what I've already given you. Because it's like, hear, think about him hearing this. It's like repeat. Stop talking for a minute and start listening. Start asking me a question that's actually going to help you partner with me. And so when you ask the right question like this, God, can I stop the storm? And then I just wait. Yes, okay. Can I move it north? Yes, okay. So what do I do? I just go out and say, storm, you have to go north. You have to go north. You cannot come near Mineola. You have to go north. And so what does the storm have to do? 
It has to obey me because I have the spirit of the living God that raised Christ from the dead that lives on the inside of me. And as I speak and have become one with the word, what happens is that the storm has to obey the word of God that's being spoken out of my mouth. That same principle applies to every aspect of your life. God, what do you want to do about this relational conflict? How do you want me to agree with you? How can I partner with you in this? And then you just wait. And then he says it. And what do you do? You say what he said. You speak to it. You speak to it, and 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 you speak to it until it comes down. Until it obeys. Because it has to obey. And it will obey if you do not give up and start looking at the circumstances and sinking under the weight of the waves of your fear. You don't need to be saved. You've already been saved. You need to partner and you need to conquer. Will, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? That's the question. Are you ready to make a decision? You've got to make a decision. You've got to decide, okay, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to believe your word, and I'm going to stand on your word. Stand there for when you've done everything to stand, stand there for. Do not get off the word. With the sword in your hand, the shield of faith, stand there for. Do not be removed from the place that I have called you to stand. A lot of you have promises, and we'll go over that next week, how to apprehend these promises and how to begin to bring them down. And so I love you. I hope you still love me after I gave you a big old fat spanking. <clears throat> I think the fishing stories helped a little, don't you? Spoonful of sugar. Um, all right, well, let's stand, and I'll pray over you. So next week, we're going to be getting into some of the practicals, especially when it comes to money and... Um, so, uh, Father, I do, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you're, and I thank you that we have access, that the refrigerator door is open, and we can just get anything in there that we want, Father. I thank you, I thank you that, that the table has been set, and you are inviting us to come to the table and eat and drink, and that we can be filled with righteousness, God. Father, thank you for these people, God. Thank you for our family and that you're raising us up to be champions of faith, God. And that we're no longer children. We're no longer tossed to and fro, God, but we are mature believers. We, are, we have dedicated ourselves to apprehending the mature things, the high things, the wide things, the deep things. And we're going to run with the horses and not grow weary. And we're going to be seen before heaven as those that said yes to you, God, no matter what our circumstances and I thank you, God, that we would rather be, have too much faith than not enough. Amen? Amen? So would you bless us today as we go out? And I thank you for the blooming that you've initiated. Let it be so this week. In Jesus' name, amen.